Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. Spirit takes the objective work of the cross that Jesus accomplished 2,000 years ago at, uh, at Calvary at a specific time 2,000 years ago. Jesus died on the cross, right? And so what the Holy Spirit of God does is he now takes the finished work of Jesus Christ from 2,000 years ago and the moment that a person says, I believe that, the moment a person says, I believe Jesus died for me and rose again, the moment a person decides I'm going to follow Jesus, the moment a person says, I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life, well, that's the cue for the Holy Spirit to now apply the finished work of the cross to your born-again spirit. You see, look at this, First uh, Corinthians 12, uh, 13 says this, he says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now this is talking about the body of Christ. It's, from, it's through one Spirit, through one Spirit we are baptized into the body of Christ. He says, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we have been all made to drink into one Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who baptizes you into the body of Christ. Now, this baptism is not talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit in the sense where you're being filled with the Spirit and, you know, as a result you speak with other tongues. Now that's very real. We minister on that. We teach on that. We uh, apply that. We believe in it fully and completely. But there's, a, there's, an, there's another baptism which is to be baptized into the body of Christ. And what the Bible is talking about here, he's talking about you getting born again. You see, when you're born again, you're baptized into the body of Christ. That's distinct from you being baptized with the Holy Spirit, which is you being filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit takes the objective work of the cross. He applies it on the inside of every born-again believer. And what happens is, as a result, in your born-again spirit, that's the deepest, innermost part of who you are, you are in Christ. You're joined unto the Lord. In fact, let's look at that too. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. I got to show you the scriptures, guys. Got to show you the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord, that's everyone who's, who's in Christ, he says, is one spirit. Church, what this means is this. It means that, yeah, in your experience, you've got some issues going on. You know, in your soulish realm, in your mind, you know, there might be some stuff going on. We don't deny that. But if you are in Christ, I want you to understand the deepest part of you has been joined unto the Lord. The deepest part of you has been positioned in Christ, glory to God. And as a result of you being in Christ, what happens is His righteousness is your righteousness. His wholeness is your wholeness. It's already in your spirit. You've already got it in your born-again spirit, you see. You see. And so, yeah, you know, you got some stuff going on, but I want you to know, deep down in your born-again spirit, you've got the righteousness of God, you see. You're struggling with a sickness, I want you to know, deep down in your spirit, the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead, glory to, to God, is alive on the inside of you. Well, it's in your born-again spirit, church. I want you to understand right now, in your born-again spirit, you're already seated with Him in the heavenly places. In your born-again spirit, you're seated in a, in a 
a position of authority and are born again spirit, you're already victorious now. The gap is this, guys. The gap is between what's already finished in Christ, in my spirit, and between my day-to-day -day life. Now, how do I navigate this gap is the question. How do we navigate this and gap? And before we get into this, I want to show you now, well, what do we have as a result of being in Christ? What do we have as a result of being in Christ? Now, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures here this morning, guys, because I really want to take my time with this. And you can head over to... Uh, 2 Corinthians now, chapter 1, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. This one I want to read in the King James, and then I want to switch over to the uh, New Living Translation as well. And I want to really kind of just show you this. I want you to listen to this. I want you to look at the scriptures. You know, listen to this again if you have to. And really get this now. And, um, and I believe it's going to bless you. And so we are in Christ, and uh, as a result of us being in Christ, there are certain things that have been already made available to us as a result of our position in Christ. And notice what he says, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 in the King James says, I love this, guys. He says, for all the promises of God in Him, meaning in Christ, are yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Child of God, the Bible says that all of the promises of God in Christ, key here is in Christ, this is not available to a person who's not in Christ. There's a general goodness of God that's available to the whole world. You see, God loves everybody, even if they're not in Christ yet. But, but in order for somebody to be saved, amen, in order for somebody to benefit from what Jesus did for them, well, you got to be in Christ. You got you to receive him. You got to believe. And so, all of the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. And he says, unto the glory of God, by us, or through us. Look at this in the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 1.20 NLT says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Stop right there. All of the promises of God, guys, they were fulfilled in Christ. Now remember, what's your position? What's your position, child of God? I want you to understand, oh, glory to God, your position is you're in Christ, right? Your position is you're, you're, you're in Him. You're one spirit with Him. You were baptized into Him, and so you are in Christ. And he says, in Christ, all of the promises of God have been fulfilled with a resounding yes. And guys, those are promises of healing. Those are promises of deliverance. Those are promises of, of, of God supplying your need. Uh, those are promises where your children are concerned. Those are promises where your marriage are, is concerned. Those are promises uh, where every area of your life is concerned. He says, God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And watch this. And through Christ, our amen. Which means yes ascends to God for His glory. Now guys, notice what this is saying. 
This is saying that God is glorified when we have a resounding yes, this verse here says. He says, a resounding yes. He says, through Christ our amen, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. And so what is this saying, church? This means that God is glorified when you walk in a bold confidence in what Jesus has already done for you, glory to God. Uh, this means that God is glorified when you are confident in your position in Christ. And so, all of God's promises have been made available to us through an in Christ, and our amen, our amen, is our bold and our confident declaration and confession that we believe, that we receive it, and listen to this church, we are called to boldly confess what is true about us in Christ, which is also called walking by faith, guys. I want you to know, I want to remind you, church, the Bible says that you and I, we are called to live by faith. We are called to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, to walk by faith is, it's not performance, it's not trying to get God to do what He's already done? No. To walk by faith is, I believe Jesus won the victory for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. Glory to God. And because Jesus won that victory for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. Glory to God. I believe I'm victorious in Him. You see, uh, because Jesus won the victory for me on the cross. Glory to God. I believe that no matter what I'm going through, the victory is already available to me. And so God is glorified, guys, when we are confident in what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. Notice what he says in 2 Corinthians 4.18. He says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Stop right there. Child of God, there might be some troubles in your life right now, okay? Now, I don't know what it is. I don't have to know. God knows. God knows who you are. And God knows what's going on in your life right now. God knows the issues, the troubles. And he's not telling you to deny the troubles, but what he says is, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Now, to look at here means to focus on it. Whatever you focus on, you're going to magnify in your life. Now, you can magnify the issue, or what you can do is, you can say, yeah, there's an issue, but you know what? What I'm going to do, glory to God, is... I'm going to magnify my God. I'm going to magnify my God, you see, because what happens is, when I magnify my God, well, then what happens is, in, 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 in comparison to my God, the issue becomes small, you see. The issue becomes small. And so we don't deny the issue, but he says we don't look at the troubles. We can now see this was Paul writing this, guys. And I, I, got, I, I got to mention this too, man. Paul is an example, you know, of, of somebody who was living in this gap. You know, Paul, there's places in Scripture where Paul is, is confidently standing on what, what, what's been made available in Christ. But then Paul, guys, was dealing with some tremendous hardships. I mean, you know, Paul, I mean... This is a guy who was stoned at one point. This is a guy who was being persecuted. This is a guy uh, who was shipwrecked at one point, man. You know, uh, he was beaten. You know, he was whipped. All this stuff going on. And this was his attitude. His attitude was, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Guys, do you know what this is? This is your experience. Versus your position in Christ. This is your state. In my state there might be lack. 
versus your standing in Christ before the Father, my needs are met. That's what that is. And so this is what Paul did. He says, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now, our experience, which is very real, but he says it will soon be gone. In other words, no matter what your experience is, child of God, it's going to change. It's just temporary. No matter what we go through, it's always going to be for a season. But he says, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The stuff that's true about you in Christ is going to last forever. Sooner or later, you're going to see that coming to pass in your life. You say, well, Alex, well, what about someone who believes for healing? And they don't get healed. Uh, they die. They pass away. And this is not an easy... You know, I don't say this lightly. But if you're a believer... I want you to know every believer across history who has ever believed God for a healing, guys, they received their healing. They received their healing. You say, well, Alex, now I know someone who passed away. Hold on. Do you know that the Bible says that for you and me in Christ, death is not the end, man. He says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, if, if you're a believer, you're believing for healing. You're standing on your healing. And for whatever reason, it didn't manifest. Well, that, that person passed away. But you know what? The moment they were absent from their body, they were present with the Lord. And I want you to hear this. The moment they were present with the Lord, glory to God, they received their healing. Because do you know, you can't be in His presence. You can't be in the glory of His presence and not be whole as a result of His presence, you see. And so, every believer who died believing God for a healing, they died in faith. Well, they received their healing. They just did, they didn't receive it here. They received it on the other side. This is what Paul is saying. This is why he says the things we cannot see that last forever. So your position in Christ is eternal. And so, and so you're going to receive all of that at some point, one way or another, but here's the key. <laughs> you know, I think, man, you know, I'm, 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 you know here's my, my persuasion, you know, and I believe this is what the scripture says and teaches is, you know, yeah, you know, sooner or later we're all going to be made whole and complete when we're, you know, in glory. But my thinking is, man, we might as well believe for it here now. <laughs> okay, you know, something's going on in my life. Well, I might as well believe God that I'm going to see the promise now. I might as well believe if I'm dealing with a sickness that I'm going to receive my healing now. You see? Or I might as well believe my needs are going to be met right now, guys. Same thing is true. People who are already passed away from this world... Jesus, here's, here's the thing about your needs being met. I want you to see this. Jesus, guys. <laughs> it's all Jesus. When we talk about prospering, we're not talking about necessarily just money. No, we're talking about Jesus, guys. He's your prosperity. He's your prosperity. But you know, here's the thing. When He becomes your prosperity, and you're walking with Him, well... What's going to happen is he's going to that, that prosperity is going to show up in whatever ways needed in order to meet your needs. You know, sometimes that's money, sometimes it's favor, sometimes it's something else, whatever. You know, 
You got to understand it's Jesus. And it's his presence, guys. It's in his presence. It's in your relationship with him that you're going to be narrowing the gap. It's not your self-effort. It's your relationship with him. And so listen to this now. Listen to this now. When we, when we grasp the reality, the reality, guys, of our position in Christ, you see, you grasp the reality of your position in Christ when you can be confident in your position in Christ and yet you're okay with whatever your experience is. You see, this is not you using positive thinking. It's not positive thinking, guys. Sometimes on the surface, these things look similar, but you're not trying to use your, your own you know, fleshly willpower to, to change circumstances. No. I can face whatever the circumstances are because I understand the reality of my position in Christ. Now, when I can be secure in my position in Christ, A, what that's going to do is, it's going to help me to see the difference between performance and alignment. Remember, guys, we were talking a lot about alignment. You see, when you make your confessions of faith, man, when you're operating in faith, you're never performing to try to get God to do because you're already in Christ. It's already done, man. Jesus said it's done. He said, this is what I want to get everybody to see, guys, is that when Jesus said, it is finished, that is the very foundation of our lives as Christians. You see? Now, yeah, there's stuff that has to manifest in our lives, and that's going to happen, but what it is, it's, it's, it's simply what Jesus already finished 2,000 years ago being made manifest in our experience. Do you see that? You believe God for healing. Well, healing was provided 2,000 years ago. Now my believing God for the healing that was provided 2,000 years ago is going to enable the healing to show up in my life, you see. That's us believing God for, for healing. And so we're never performing to try to get God to do. What we're doing is we are aligning ourselves with the finished works of Jesus Christ. Remember, alignment. I'm aligning myself primarily in my thinking, my thoughts, my attitudes, my words, ultimately my actions. But what I'm doing is, this is the renewing of the mind, guys. I'm renewing my mind to what Jesus already finished 2,000 years ago. Now listen to this. Alignment requires that we start at the end. We got to start at the end with what Jesus already finished for us or with our position in Christ. This is why Jesus said, no matter what you're facing, you can be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Or he says, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so Jesus wants us to look to him having already won us the victory. You see... And so we start at the end with what Jesus already finished. I can be confident in what Jesus already done. Now remember what was, has already done. Now alignment is a straight line. We want there to be a straight line between our experience and our position in Christ. Or between our standing in Christ before the Father and our state. And that's going to be what narrows that gap. And so the Christian life is lived in this gap between our position and our experience, or the gap between our standing and our state. Divine alignment is all about narrowing that gap, in some cases bridging that gap. 
you bridge the gap when, you know, the healing shows up. You know, the provisions show up. Or sometimes just the peace, you know. The peace, man. Sometimes the peace shows up, you know, and, and that's it. You know, sometimes the reason you're having a hard time overcoming an issue is because you're trying so hard to do it in your own strength. But you can't live this Christian life in your own strength, guys. You got to live this Christian life depending on Him. Look at Philippians 1.6. Uh, Philippians 1.6 in the NLT. So I want you to see now, we're in this, in this gap. That's where we live our lives as believers. We got to be confident in what Jesus did. But here's the thing. My confidence in my position in Christ is not self-confidence, guys. This is not self-confidence. It's confidence in Jesus, guys. It's confidence in Jesus, man. And so what he wants us to do is he wants us to continue to look to him. Now here's what happens. I said earlier, the Holy Spirit, he takes the objective work of the cross and he applies it in, on the, uh, in the heart of a born-again believer when you believe. Well, when you continue to look to Jesus and depend on Him, that's what the Holy Spirit needs to now work on the inside of you. That's what the Holy Spirit needs in order to do the work on the inside of you that's going to help you to overcome that addiction. He's going to do the work on the inside of you that's going to help you to overcome that sickness. He's going to do the work on the inside of you that's going to help you to overcome that fear, that anxiety, that depression. It's not so much what you're doing for God, guys. It is God wanting to work in you and through you. And so sometimes the way you block the Holy Spirit from working is you're so busy trying to do all this stuff for God, where God wants you to just trust Him so that He can do a work in you. He wants to do a work in you. Look at what he says in Philippians 1.6. I love this, guys. Now, this ought to encourage you, man. He says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you, notice God began the good work where within you, when did he begin the good work? When you got born again. When you got into Christ. Now, notice what he wants to do. He says he will continue his work until it is finally finished. When? on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, what's the work in us when we got saved? That's alignment. And what is alignment, guys? That's narrowing the gap between what's already finished and true in Christ, in our position in Christ, and our experience. The work God wants to do is the work of narrowing the gap. He wants to get your experience to line up with your, with your position in Christ. He wants to get your state to line up with your standing in Christ before the Father. And again, very often, guys, you want to catch this. God is more interested in doing the work in us. You see, because when He does the work in you, what happens is, then the promises can show up in your life because you're going to be the, the kind of person who can handle the promise. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace 
Now, to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision Partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.